the Harrison, a lot has been changing recently. Really? Yes. I, didn't I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? One thing that has not changed is how we do this podcast. That's right. We're we're still we're we're going. We're doing what we always do. We're yeah. always socially isolated from each other. Exactly. So, <laughs> so um, for me, it's only been like recent. So uh, my diocese uh, canceled all public masses um, just last Sunday evening. And then Monday is my day off. And I normally just spend the entire time at my brother's house playing video games. So that's not like different than a normal day for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's only been like, for me, like two days of uh, not doing things. And so right. it's, it hasn't, the weirdness hasn't set in yet. Yeah. Um, so like this morning, we, uh, so my parents decided we're, we're recording and trying to live stream masses at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so my pastor was having mass and I can celebrate with him. So that was kind of neat because I never get to celebrate mass with my pastor. Right. Because normally we're running off to 14, 15, 25 different masses yeah. or whatever. Um, so we did that. And then I'm doing a, I'm doing a little little project with my extra time. Nice. A little, a little podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Because that's all I do now. So it's good. <laughs> so by the time this podcast comes out, Hopefully, my other one will be ready. It's called The Desert Fathers Podcast. And Father Harrison, the title, The Desert Fathers Podcast, no one's taken it yet. That's interesting. So it's going to sound really official, yeah. even though I'm really not an expert in this. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do reflections on it. Nice. Like how long, how long are those reflections going to be? So uh, my, my first episode's 20 minutes. I think for the rest, like, there's going to be just like 10 minutes episodes yep. i'm gonna try to do them as often as i can nice. uh, real simple little little bite-sized pieces so that's yep. that's what we're doing nice what nice. are you doing i don't know i just we just got the news today that uh, masses were being canceled public masses i should say be, being canceled um which was weird i i as i was about to as i was saying it at mass this morning because we got the notice at 8 i'm like okay well people are here for nine o'clock mass already so we'll go through with this yeah obviously and uh i like started to break up break down a little bit like not i wasn't like weeping or anything but i was getting teary-eyed and yeah. choked up and never expected i would it is a great sadness to have to say that to your people mm-hmm. um these are things we never expected in our priesthood no not at all <laughs> never discerned about in our priesthood so um so we're just trying i'm waiting like i have I've got phone chains kind of ready to go. We already used them last week to, cause most of our parishioners don't use email. So I have to find other ways to communicate them. So I have, I gave out phone lists to 10 people to phone 30 households each. And so we got that out to get the word out last week in that, you know, if you're over 65, please stay home. Um, a lot of people didn't always listen to that, which was interesting, which I mean, I get it. It's good that they want to come to mass. Right. Right. Um, but um, but now that mass is, but I'm waiting till Friday to do the phone chain because we I have a feeling that there'll be more restrictions over the next coming days and I don't want to get ahead of the game so we'll just put up signs that public masses are cancelled and go from there it's weird I've I mean I'm looking at it this way too that I've got a lot of extra time for writing and for my doctoral stuff which is good yeah. and praying because I've been wanting to pray more so this is now kind of forcing my hand but it it's weird though too because we you know even up up to including Easter have been canceled 
Yeah, so we haven't we haven't uh, officially canceled Easter or anything like that in my diocese, yeah. but um, I mean well, there was a note saying, hey, you know, for Palm Sunday, yeah. you know, you should still bless palms, maybe leave them outside right. or leave them inside your churches. And it's like, oh, yeah. so we're thinking, yeah, so it's it's ooh, it might happen. It's and I should say Easter's not canceled. Okay. No, Easter's still going to be a real thing. <laughs> yeah. I, one priest friend of mine said, this is the lentiest Lent I've ever Lented. It's so Lenty, though. Right? It is. It's super, <laughs> it's super Lenty. So, yeah, so I'm just trying to set things up. I'm only going to stream Mass on Sundays. You know, some people uh-huh. do every day. I'm, I'm not big enough to do every day, I think, but I'm definitely going to stream on Sundays. Yeah, sure. And then post it on our, group, our Facebook group and stuff like that. And uh, I think I might try and record my homilies and we were talking about this in the text group, you know, maybe post them through our podcast channel mm-hmm, for people mm-hmm. to hear if they want to hear some homilies and stuff like that. So um, I think actually one of the neat things, like we're going to talk about this more in Presbyterian Exhortations, but one of the neat things is how the church is really adapting quickly to, um, how the church is really adapting quickly to using online means to educate form people and stuff like that and how many people are taking advantage of it like right a lot yeah. of people are watching mass on their streams of their local parishes yeah, yeah. like 800 people watched the stream of our mass the other right. day and i was like what and now like some people are like oh well we should you know daily mass. we don't need that because what really wow yeah and like some people are like oh we don't need that for um we don't need that for since other parishes and there's bigger pl-. i'm like no no i think it's important to try and keep that local still that local connection to your people yeah so i encourage people if your par- local parish is offering streaming and you want to watch mass on sundays like what a beautiful thing gather around the computers of family and watch mass together and pray together in that means right so there's there's yeah. i mean yeah yeah, good. Because it's a connection to your home, a connection to your parish family, and kind of a connection to normalcy. And so, uh, you know, we're keeping that connection here. That's right. On Clerically Speaking. That's right. Amen. Welcome to Clerically Speaking. I'm Father Anthony. I'm Father Harrison. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough. It's really tough to figure out what to do because, like, everything, every bit of news and sports and everything is all about this pandemic. And, and, and that's tough to figure out what to do, but if you're listening now and you're not interested in professional wrestling, I don't care. You need to treat yourself. Right. And you need to YouTube the last two wrestling shows that have been on TV. Uh, Friday nights, uh, last Monday's uh, Raw with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Check out that segment. Mm-hmm. And then what was going on Friday night? Because it's fascinating because they've been doing these shows with no live audience. Wow. And it's totally changed the whole feel of it. It's just, it's a fat, and they've done it purposefully. Like they have chairs set up as if there should be an audience, but there's no audience there. Right. It's just, so, so trust me, even if you don't like, like wrestling, it's just a fascinating encapsulation, an artistic depiction of how things in some ways are the same, but in some ways very different. Mm-hmm. And every aspect of our lives is turned upside down, mm-hmm. but we're still kind of pushing through it the best we can so check right. out some professional wrestling right now yeah. some wwe yeah i saw a little bit of that on on twitter i yeah uh, i uh, was like that is weird it, like it's got to be weird to not hear the crowds cheer because that's right part of, that's part of that's part of the fun of it all right that's like especially if you're doing if they're doing a wrestling match or a promo or anything you're feeding off and listening to the crowd and adjusting your style and what's going on yeah if as if you're good but like just to do it 
in silence is something weirdly captivating about it. Interesting. So, okay, I'll yes. have to check that out. Yeah, I, um, I'll say this now, I guess. I had to get off Twitter for a couple of weeks. So if you don't see me on Twitter, folks, uh, I just needed a couple of weeks break. I'm still around. I just needed – it was getting – the craziness was getting to me. Um, there's so much misreporting and so much uh, – so much – I hate – yeah, like a lot of fake news is traveling around. Mm-hmm. And people are just, and and people are retweeting it as if it's fact, and I and it's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not good. It adds. To, we're all anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very. This is an uncertain time. And uh, but if 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 Twitter is um, causing you more anxiety, then maybe take a couple weeks break. Not say get Absolutely. off, but just yeah. just take a break. It's okay. We all we. We need to be calm, cool, and collected in this time too, and we need God's peace. So that's why, yeah. So I got off Twitter on the weekend, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, I'll check it here and there, but um, I need to. I had to delete it from my phone, and it sucks because I like I really enjoy communicating and connecting with people on there. But uh, right. I, I was having too much anxiety over all this, and yeah. Yeah, it's good. And even just, you know, uh, Monday, I just took a day off and my goodness, I calmed down right away uh, because you can't obsess over this stuff. And right. At the end of the day, there's not a lot you can do other than wash your hands and pray. So, yeah, you don't need to check all the time. That all being said, Father Harrison, yeah. let's go back to Twitter and read some tweets for the Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica, Summa Tweetologica, Summa Tweetologica, we talk about You know, it's amazing to look back even at, you know, a week, a week and a half ago, um, just at the tweets and how everything has shifted to the coronavirus, but before yeah. everything was a normal kind of craziness. And I want to read a super crazy tweet because it made me so happy how crazy it was. Okay. Sounds and good. this is no, no offense to the tweeter, okay? So it's just the content. I'm looking at the tweet as a work of art. Yeah. Um, apart from the one who actually tweeted it, but the one who tweeted it was Lizzie Answers at Lizzie uh, at Rize, Lizzie Rize. This is March 5th. She tweeted this. I don't care what the Vatican says. Fish is meat. They have eyes, a nervous system, a face, a family, and according to Qu- to Aquinas, even a soul. It's meat. Hmm. This is the best tweet ever because every like clause in it, like every se- every part of it just keeps getting better. Okay. And it starts off it starts off amazing because the first like little part is I don't care what the Vatican says. So amazing. So amazing. 
Because, okay, what does that mean? Who is the Vatican, right? Yeah. Are you trying to say, like, this is what the Catholic Church says? Is the Vatican apart from the Catholic Church? Right. Also, when you say, I don't care what the Vatican says, you know the next part of the tweet's going to be amazing. Right. Right? There's going to be something spicy about it. So it gets you, from the very beginning, it gets you set up for something good. Okay, so what's going to be the big thing that this person's disagreeing with? Is it going to be a big moral thing? Is it going to be something on sexuality? It's gonna be something on uh, the church and finances. Like you're 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 geared up. And what is it? Fish is meat. <laughs> Whoa! Blows my mind. I didn't know that. I had no idea that fish were meat. Like I know I can eat meat and I can eat fish. They're animals, so they're similar. But like this really powerful dogmatic statement: fish is meat, with the clapping hands emojis. So right. you know it's super serious, right? Yeah. Very exciting. Okay. Okay. So. We've got the setup, we've got the meat, pun intended, of the tweets, and now let's explain some stuff, right? Because you made a big claim, so what's your, what's, what's your evidence? What's your argument? Okay, first of all, they have eyes. Mm-hmm. Amazing! Everything with eyes is meat now? Is that what it's saying? Apparently. Because now, now this is a question. Spiders have eight eyes, right? Sure. Oh, spiders have lots of eyes. They have eight legs, okay? Yeah, they have eight legs, yeah, yeah. Right, eight legs, okay. But they have several eyes, more than two. Are they more meat? Like, is there a, a spectrum of meat? The more eyes you have, the more meaty you are. Because I think that follows from the argument, right? Right. Eyes, meat. Okay, okay. maybe not. Maybe not, but... A ner- well, yeah, I got questions about that. Like, what about... So then does that mean anything with eyes has is meat? If I squish googly eyes on an object, does that become meat? Hmm. So many possibilities. Very exciting. Okay. Next, it has a nervous system. Okay. 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 A face. So everything with a face is meat. A family. And this is the best part. This is the best part. According to Aquinas, even a soul. Father Harrison, do you want to break down that little part for us? What? All right. <laughs> So Thomas Aquinas talks about three animating principles. There's the vegetative, yeah. the animal, and the human, the rational soul. Uh, but he does he's not using soul as in like um, something infused by God in all three situations. He's only talking about that with regards to the rational soul. What he uh, the word soul is in the Latin anima, so like something that's animating. So if anything that is alive that moves has an animating principle behind it. And so when he's talking about uh, anima- animal or vegetative souls, he's just saying that these things grow and move, etc. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that but there's a real distinction between the rational soul and those other souls. Um, because it's just saying they're alive. That's all it says. But it doesn't yep. mean that they're rational. And yep. thus, actually, the church really says, hey, we can, uh, we can eat them. Yep. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. All you right. can choose not to eat meat if you don't want to, uh, or eat fish, or be vegan. That's all fine and whatever. But like, there's something about this tweet. Just it was, it was so silly to me mm-hmm. that I was like, you know what? Let's use this. Let's 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 break up the ice I, I, and all loved, the chaos with something very simple like this. I loved your breakdown. That was amazing. But mm-hmm. he, so, all right. I'm gonna. I'll do the serious part then. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, so what the church says about meat is anything that's warm blooded is meat. So um, that's why we can eat fish on. And also remember, Jesus eat fish too, right? Um, yeah, he had it for so, breakfast. Um, so 
if Jesus can eat fish, you can eat fish. Uh, I, and also, I mean, okay, well, here's the other thing though. There's this weird obsession that you have to eat fish on Fridays. Right. <laughs> now I live in one of the best parts in the world for fish. And I do like some good fish once in a while, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice. But I'm not a huge seafood person. So like, I'll prefer to have like a cheese pizza or some pasta with, like just marinara sauce or something like mm. that. You don't have to eat fish on Fridays. You can eat other non-meat dishes as well. But this idea that fish can't be eaten because they have a soul. Um, well, yeah, they have a soul, but it's like an animating principle. No, the church obviously. And remember also the revelation of St. Peter to St. Peter and the Acts of the Apostles. God says, I've made all these things clean to eat. So we have a strong scriptural basis that God allows us to eat these things. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with eating them. So if, you choose, you if you choose veganism, God bless you. Yeah. But it's not a moral requirement of the church and never will be. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, there, I mean, some of the monastics would probably, I don't know if they would call themselves vegan, but would abstain from any kind of meats or dairy product as a kind of penance so i mean there's something spiritual you can do about that too if you want to it's fine yeah well can i add with this though like there, there is a reason why the church says no meat on certain days it's a kind of an it has nothing to do with it being the fancier food or anything like that it yeah. had everything to do with the idea that because it's warm-blooded it 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 you know gets the what was it it was it was a, attached to carnality Right. right. So it would get your carnal, it would kind of make you more carnal the more you eat meat type of thing is kind of the ancient idea. And so in order to help ourselves get our body in right relationship with the soul, refusing at certain things that would give the body a certain priority over it is why we, we refrain from meat on certain days. And that's the reason behind it. It has nothing to do with it being, um, it has nothing to do with, with it being, um, more expensive or a more lavish thing right yeah cool all right um all right let's keep the funny going yes uh from tommy ty at the gh is silent top 10 gospel misread at mass this morning this would have been from the second sunday of lent when the disciples heard this they fell prostrate I turned to Karen with the biggest smile on my face, and she looked back at me with my with eyes that simply said, "Grow up." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like, what what other what other misreadings have you personally heard, Father Harrison? I've heard countenance instead of continence. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, continence no, instead of countenance. That. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of misreadings or missayings, yeah. um, so yeah, I've heard I've heard continence instead of countenance. Um, I think that's it, actually. I mean, well, I, obviously uh, names, right? That, but that's that's an easy one, especially with Old Testament names. Yeah, but uh, uh, there's one. It's Old Testament. I don't know if it's from the prophets or Psalms or where it's from. But I talk about a a, a flaming uh, brazier, mm -hmm. like a kind of like a thurible thing. Mm -hmm. And I've had I've heard seminarians pronounce it brazier instead. <laughs> and then the other one oh, that, that truly blew my mind. It wasn't like the most funny thing, but a seminarian went up. Uh, to read from the book of Job and just pronounce it Job the entire time. Every time Job's name was said, he just straight up said Job. Right. Interesting. Like, Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it, but I just thought, I, I also loved uh, Karen's response to Tommy. 
which is the grow up like because this is such a guy way of reacting like we'll snicker right absolutely like, like you'll notice it with priests if there's like ever a big con celebration a priest makes a mistake mm-hmm. we'll all just look at each other like he screwed up huh kind of funny mm-hmm. isn't it uh <laughs> <laughs> when my parents come to mass if my dad is at mass and something happens on liturgy i'll look at him and he's already looking down at the ground they he doesn't want to start laughing in the middle of mass so yeah that's hilarious so yeah so i just thought this is also a very um this is the way guys kind of do things so this is from shrines of pittsburgh at pgh shrines mm-hmm Aura Pro Nobis, join us as we implore God's mercy and protection on our city, our families, and ourselves from the COVID-19 virus, the flu, and all diseases. By the power of the Holy Cross and through the intercession of the saints, we will ask God's help to be kept safe from mm. harm. Mm-hmm. So uh, a priest in my diocese, Father Nick Vaskoff, he is one of the priests in our shrine grouping. So we have some older churches in our uh, in the city some of which are uh, designated as shrines uh, for example St. Anthony's Church in Pittsburgh has the most relics in one place outside of Vatican City and so he, mm-hmm. that's one of his churches so he's organizing a procession to happen uh, Sunday March 22nd now it's not going to be like a huge procession it's just going to be him the Eucharist some relics you know a few ministers to do the things and then he's invited people to kind of line up on the sidewalk so still keeping distance but to have a procession and praying for protection uh, um, to you know, protection from all these diseases, which I think is really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good because absolutely we should take all of the necessary prudent precautions about what we know about how diseases spread and all that. But that doesn't mean we don't pray. It doesn't mean we don't pray with faith as well. I think exactly. this strikes a really nice balance, which mm-hmm. makes me happy. Yeah. And yeah, we need to pray a lot. And um, if anything, people are learning, it's we got to pray. So it's and I think like it's important to find some spiritual solutions at this time. Some people are complaining about the bishops not standing up. How can we refuse mass? Blah, blah, blah. Well, first, um, hey, guess what? This is not unique in the history of the church. This has happened before and we've done similar things in the past. So Uh, no one, no one less than Saint Charles Borromeo did stuff like this. He would can- he canceled mass in his city for forty days. So I mean, public masses that is. So there are, but we there are ways we can spiritually respond to these situations. Like I've seen posts of priests walking around the streets of their towns with the Blessed Sacrament to let people know that Christ is near. Right? Um, you could set up different times for people to come into the church to pray in small groups. Right? So like, there's there's a lot of things that we can do to really spiritually respond to this situation. And I think that's a really, really, really important thing, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's kind of, okay, this is a bit more serious one, but I think this is actually really important for those mm-hmm. who um, um, who have the means to help out this way. When, want to support your local businesses, but you're self-isolating and are social distancing, buy their gift cards. Shops and restaurants get a desperately needed cash infusion now, and you can use their products and services down the line. Win-win. This is from Jamie, at Jamie O'Grady. Um, and I think this is really important. So I, and I say this partially because my parents used to own a, a restaurant, and they sold yeah. it a few years ago. And I'm like, oh, thank God you guys sold that because, you know, a lot of restaurants are going to go down under this. Uh, they, a lot of restaurants can't su- su- survive for a month closed, and that's what we're looking at right now. Um so find ways to support your local businesses. Like I gave up going out for food for Lent, but now I'm planning to maybe order a pizza once a week or something like that from um, one of my local businesses um, 
or or a sandwich from somewhere to say I want to support you and I'll take it as takeout obviously I won't eat in there but I'll do takeout this is a one small way to help businesses is if you have the income needs to do it if your salary isn't affected by this time then then find ways to to support them that way or buy their gift cards like this person says but find ways to support your local businesses and um because there's so many small businesses that are small biz the big corporations will survive probably the small businesses will struggle because they live so much month to month on their bills. And so I really encourage you to find a way to help them so that they can keep things afloat so that they can. And then, I mean, I know we're, we guys speak about spiritual things, but listen, how we function as a society and as an economy are important too. So the more places we can help keep open over this time, even if they're not profiting, but they're able to kind of keep the bills paid, the more good that does for our society as a whole. Yeah. So, you know, if whatever you gave up for Lent, this might, you know, Lent and disciplines might be out the window for a lot of people this Lent and that's okay. (laughs) And that's okay because there's no greater discipline and no greater sacrifice than to go without the Eucharist. So, yeah, um, that's been imposed on you. So if you, if you were giving up going out for food or for coffees and stuff, find ways to support those businesses because not just that, it's not just about supporting the business. They hire hourly workers. Yep. And those hourly workers are the most susceptible people with with standard wages and salaries probably aren't as susceptible they can work from home they have offices and stuff like that but the people who work a minimum wage job at a coffee shop are susceptible and we need to help them yeah i absolutely agree and it's gonna be tough so i i I don't know how all these things work but there's different measures right now being discussed about Mm -hmm. how to help small businesses but uh i know people who are in like medium-sized businesses yeah so they're not going to get governmental help right and uh, they're not gonna be able to sustain themselves for you know a month eight weeks however long this goes so it's it's tough you know we can't do everything but we we can do what we can to support our community especially our local community absolutely Yeah. yeah amen Okay, Father Harrison, let's just get into it. Let's, let's just talk about what the heck is going on in our world in this week's Presbyteral Exhortations. And now it is time for Presbyteral Exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good, quite good. Indubitably. Oh, I bet they can't wait to learn. They're gonna learn so much. It's my favorite part. Oh, it's the best part. Yes, yes, yes. Quite. Yes. Quite. First of all, I need a tissue. Ugh. I was just doing some uh some break music. That was great. That was great. I'm sure people Nick doesn't even have to put in a music kit you did for him. so speaking of sneezing. So what was it? Uh, and this may be a good segue into what's going on. It was just, yeah, it was two weeks ago that uh, I had the first cigar. I haven't, I haven't smoked cigars in a long time. I had a cigar, and it was delightful. 
but it like really messed up my throat. And mm-hmm. so my throat was like really itching for like a whole week. It was messed up. Mm-hmm. And because I have heartburn, sometimes you get like a sore throat and then you get that heartburn. It messes up your throat even more. Yeah. So that was really bothering me. I was like, ah, oh, but don't worry. It's, it's not, it's not the Corona. You just had a cigar. You still feel fine. You don't have a fever. Right. And then like my nose started running like a whole lot. And I was getting all stuffy and everything. I was like, oh no, oh no, I don't know. So I was I was calling Nick and telling him what my symptoms were. And he's like, hey, you do normally get allergies this time of year. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, oh okay, good. Yeah, I have, that's a normal thing that happens to me. Oh my goodness. Whew. But it was just like, <laughs> it just in that small little bit, like I think everyone is super on edge and I've been super on edge. And it's even like, how quickly things change and how quickly news comes out and like a week and a half ago you know i was thinking to myself eh make sure you wash your hands this isn't such a big deal to like last weekend i was like we need to close everything we need to shut everything down we need to not talk to people don't make eye contact because that might spread the virus and uh now that uh stuff is actually happening and we have kind of shut a lot of stuff down at least voluntarily mm-hmm. you start wondering are we overreacting thing, overreacting to stuff? Because it's a nice day outside. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I can't see a virus, you know? Something about nobody in my area seems to be sick. So is this a real thing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing, like, if if badgers were invading my country or if, like, uh, like, moose, all the moose from Canada were, like, crossing the border and attacking us, that's something I could, like, see. That I could see pictures of it on the news in a way that was more tangible. I would know... But like for an illness, it's it's hard to wrap your brain around right. how something invisible can cause so much chaos. Right. Yeah. And so here we are. Here we are. And the big news is, um, what was it? So Sunday for me, Bishop yeah. stopped public masses, and this just just got announced for you guys, right? Just today. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting it this week. I wasn't sure when. I think the bishop was giving people a couple days because our, our government, our local b- provincial government just announced no gatherings of more than 50 people. So, um, But I also think it's also about kind of a fairness in a way to people. Like how come some people in some towns can still get to weekday mass but others can't? Right? There, There is that kind of weighed benefit thing for people. So um, and it's just, yeah, everything's everything is shut down. Everything is shut down and it's and I'm, I'm actually getting to that point now. Okay, so what am I going to have for my secretary to do? Right. <laughs> but I'm keeping her on staff. I'm keeping her on payroll. I think that's really important to do in these times. I think if parishes can do what they can to support their staff, they should. Um, we're going to get through this. So it's just, it is weird. It's, it's, I'm, in a way, like it's been weird in the one-to-one sense because I've kind of been about 24 to 48 hours ahead of the curb here. Mm-hmm. I've been planning for things that I've been seeing coming, which is good. Yeah. And that's yeah, been yeah. helpful to get my people ready for it and kind of preaching about it. Some people were a little miffed that I preached about it on the weekend and that it was kind of the center of my hobby. But I'm like, whoever's here, this is my only time I have a chance to communicate with people what's going on. So I have mm-hmm. to, I have to, um, I have to, um, but it is it's it is weird it's it's heartbreaking because i think you know as i said this earlier like not you and i when we were discerning priesthood didn't even foresee this as a real possibility in any real way right you don't think about this stuff and i think i think the hard thing about it all is and i think this is where the anxiety is going this is why i think it's important to take a step back in your social media use in this time there's so much uncertainty out there and for the first time really 
in most of our lived experiences, not all, some people who lived through war and stuff like that will know this a bit. We're dealing with a real uncertainty. Not just the uncertainty of what will tomorrow look like, but the uncertainty of will I have money to pay the rent? Will I be able to put food on the table? The uncertainties of supply chains, although our governments are being very insistent that this is not an issue, and I think that's important to listen to. Don't right. overstock. I say get enough food for two weeks because it's, in case you have to self-isolate, then you're you're good for two weeks. Yeah. Um, but don't overstock. I, I have a friend who works for Canadian Tire, actually. He said, I don't get this big run on toilet paper. And this actually shows you the dangers of social media this time because he said, we have 70% in our warehouse. Like there, are, There is no shortage whatsoever. Right. But because someone posted a video on Twitter, people then think, well, maybe that's happening here. I better go get some toilet paper. And then people see that. And I better go. And then it just has this negative effect. <laughs> it, it's yeah. like a virus, right? It is. It is. Mm -hmm. it's, that's, what, that's why we call this stuff viral. It's a, it's a viral social response to something that's not a real problem. Um, I bet you anything by next week, there'll be plenty of toilet paper in the stores. <laughs> Right, right. right? Uh, because people won't need it anymore because they've got so much at home. <laughs> right. So I think it's important to be careful. But we're doing this stuff because we're just trying to grab a sense of. We're trying to find a place to stand in the world right now. And for the first time in our lives, we don't have that. That's scary. That is really, really scary. And, um, and not just that. Like, I've been thinking even about what, how's this going to impact the church? Yep. I, I foresee parish closures because of this. I foresee di dioceses reducing staff because of this. Schools closing, like just all sorts of negative effects. It's going to affect everyone. Mm -hmm. And it we can, and I think this is why what we want to talk about today, it's about, okay, this is all the facts. And we all know the facts pretty well now. How do I find hope in this? Mm -hmm. How do I find hope in this? I think is a really important question that we have to work to keep at the center of our hearts in this time yeah yeah and i know like so i would i went to the grocery store just today mm -hmm. and in my area a lot of stuff was gone but i could still buy eggs could still mm -hmm. buy milk you know um it would if i didn't know what was going on I'd be if I didn't know what was going on and mm -hmm. I just walked into the grocery store, I'd be like, oh, man, I, they're probably restocking tomorrow because a lot of stuff is gone. Right. Uh, but um, I was, you know, dressed in my clerics and I was going to my car and uh, a parishioner was like, oh, hey, Father Anthony. And I, and he just tells me, I can't believe they closed the churches. Right. I can't believe they closed the churches. That's the backbone of our country. And I said, right. yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough. Because um, I think two things are going on with 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 the closing of the churches uh, as far as response one is genuinely like it is sad to be apart from the eucharist right right it's something that um is, is such a gift and is so wonderful and is you know um the the spiritual graces are are, are ineffable mm -hmm. uh but i think also a part of it is when things get tough the one thing you've always been able to do is go to church right you know when things become uncertain, you know what is certain? The, you know, maybe your mediocre canter that even though you're not a big fan of is kind of uh, comforting and makes you think that you're home or, you yeah. know, seeing your parish priest or the people who sit around you in your pews, um, just the ritual of going to mass. And when even that's taken from you, that really, that all really shakes you up, right? Yeah. And a part of it, 
I think is also I like everyone else would prefer if this just wasn't the case yeah and I think once like those really solid realities in our life like masks get taken away we're really forced to accept that okay this is really happening yeah and so I think the first step to like finding hope again is to just admit this is happening Mm -hmm. okay this is there is no normal right now there's not a lot you can do to control it right uh i think we have to enter into a place of humility and to say we don't have control of the situation yeah Uh, i think that's the first step to all of this yeah um yeah i think i don't know about you but i've been noticing like i was noticing it was it yesterday with the reading from daniel and his petitionary responses to god oops and i i was just like wow these like these these readings from scripture the prayers of the mass are becoming really real (laughs) yeah right for the first time in a long time in a deeper way than i ever could have possibly expected like the memorial acclamation um save us savior of the world for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free mm-hmm. like that is no longer just a rote response that like that's the one i've been doing because i'm like yeah this is the one we need to be saying yeah. and i'm like holy smokes i mean i mean this right or daniel's thing about god we do not know where you are right now but we know that you still want to show yourself to us right like it's kind of the summary of what he's saying and that the best sacrifice that we can offer you is a humble and contrite heart this is the best thing that we can offer you. And so I think in these times, like it's, it's about saying, yeah, we recognize like in a deep way, how much we actually need God and how much we need the Eucharist in our life and how much we actually really depend on these things to live. Right. The phrase of the early Christians becomes all the more real for us. All of a sudden, no longer is Sunday. Uh, oh, do I really want to get up and go to masses? But without the Eucharist, I cannot live. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're going to, to enter into this kind of it's going to be a bit of a, it's going to be a real desert right it's going to be a real desert for the next month or so and but to say these times okay jesus help me to find you in this if we really believe in the cross and what it does and what it says and what it means the cross becomes then our place where we say in the most dire, the most death-ridden, the most darkest place, God is actually there now. There is no place where God is separated from us. Mm-hmm. He's He's overcome these things. And that it's going, like, it's going, this is, and, and not just that then, it's forcing us to become less individualistic right yeah how i i've seen over and over again people to find ways to look out for their neighbor or their friends who who depend on hourly incomes and stuff like this we're all it's really kind of neat to see people finally really actually thinking about others that we are not just individuals we're social creatures and that that's a hope too because that's going to help that actually helps the christian gospel speak more clearly to people so like it's it, God is here. God is really here in this, and no one's abandoned. Yeah, I think it's also opportunity to 
you know, a lot of times when we preach or talk about uh, Israel's exile, yeah. it's kind of hard to make people realize what was going on and what was felt, right? right? Because, you know, in Israel's mind, the one place to worship God was the temple. That's where God's presence was. And now all of a sudden the temple is destroyed and they are cast from mm-hmm. their homes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how can the this God who we know is all powerful and who is with us, this God who is our identity, now that all that's gone, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And we know historically, this was a time of a lot of reflection for Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the second creation story was probably recorded in this time. Um, there's a lot of, of contemplation of who is God really, who are we, and how does this all work? I think this is the same opportunity for, for Catholics. And the one thing we can't forget is that no matter what the situation, God is going to give you sufficient grace for your salvation. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very difficult to be away from the Eucharist. But literally every time you raise your heart in prayer, the Father hears you. Mm-hmm. And this is also a time of real, of a real um, solidarity with those who go for months without the Mass. Now we know what it feels like to go without the Mass, <laughs> right? So that when we don't have enough priests, families are going to be more eager to encourage their kids to be priests again, right? Um, there's just a lot of. There's a lot of opportunity to see, like, and I think too, it's going to build up our fervor and our desire for God in the Eucharist, like this, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Wait, this thing I'm so used to, I can't get it anymore. Huh? Wonder what that means. Like, how is that going to work? Um, how has that lived in my life? Man, that that hunger. That is God's. And multiply it by a billion million. That is God's thirst and hunger for you. Yeah. So you're getting in touch with God's desire for you in a deeper way. And that's, again, these are none of these are bad things. These are all very hope-filled. Right? So I think we right. need to, this is, and, and I mean, there's stuff like spiritual communions and all that stuff that we can do to uh, help us in these times as well. And to say, God, I can't receive you right now. You're in solidarity now with those who, because of a living situation or because of sin, can't couldn't go to Eucharist for for a while anyways the, suddenly we know everyone's pain <laughs> yep and yeah God's purifying love exactly uh and it's really important to remember that this is just for a time yes and this, so it's the same thing with uh, any kind of spiritual desolation what the enemy will tell us is that this is going to be forever you'll never get out of the situation mm-hmm. you'll It'll never get back to normal. And that's absolutely not true. Right. This will pass. Um, it might be months. It might be longer than that. But it's going to pass. It won't. It will not be forever. Right. Uh, and I don't know how I want to say this. Um, and this is, it's difficult because, you know, I, I've spent most of my priesthood the main theme of my preaching has been on the Eucharist. You know, I've talked about the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ at practically every homily, Mm -hmm. almost certainly every Sunday homily. Uh, And, you know, there's a desire in our hearts to, because there's a lot of people who go to Mass who do not understand what's going on with the Eucharist, and so that's been such an emphasis Mm -hmm. of the preaching and what a gift it is. And then to have it taken away, and then all of a sudden I have to be like, you know what, it's going to be okay. Right. That's that's a that's a that's a rough one eighty to turn. You know. It is. You know, because we we've been emphasizing one point for so much, and now we need to emphasize 
another point. Um, yeah, but I think, but again, yeah. in a way, this experience is going to help people take the Eucharist more seriously. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. But it, and I hope it builds up our fervency. And of course, the prayer is that these times where it's difficult, when we things go back to normal, it'll be a time where we're going to be like, uh, I just pray that we don't lose that fervency. Right. Right. That we don't get too mm-hmm. used to it again. Yeah. Um, you know, this time it is, it's, it's a test. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to understand what we mean by test. Like a lot of times, uh, okay, so a bad test is a test that the teacher is trying to trick you. Right. The teacher is trying to make you fail. Right. Right. That's a bad test. A good test reveals what is hidden. Mm-hmm. So a good medical test will reveal what's hidden. Um, are you healthy? Are you sick? We didn't know. Now we know. Right. Uh, a good academic test will reveal what you know. The teacher doesn't know what you know. Now you take the test. Ah, we can see. We can right. see. And so this, it, while I'm not saying that, you know, God has allowed this in his providence, you know, and there's something very providential about this. It's happening during Lent with everything else going on. Um, so there's something where like, this is in God's providence. Mm-hmm. That's not to say God has zapped us with coronavirus. Those are two different things, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but just kind of humbly humbly accepting this is where we are and God has allowed it. This has certainly been a test that has revealed a lot to us. You mm-hmm. know, for some of us, it's, reveal, it's revealed to us how much we deeply love and need the Eucharist. Yeah. For others, it's revealed that, oh, maybe our understanding of what the Eucharist is uh, is it has been a little bit off. Maybe our understanding of uh, faith versus superstition, maybe there's something off with that. Uh, maybe it's revealed how willing we are to be obedient or not. It's right. revealed, you know, it's one thing to take up your own Lenten penances. Yeah. In that sense, it's easy to choose my penance, to choose my cross is an easy thing. What happens when this massive cross that was not of your choosing is placed on your shoulders? Are you still willing to walk to Calvary or not? Right. All this is kind of being revealed. So it's an opportunity to see where you are. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in a place where you'd like to be, that's no reason to beat yourself up. Like a good medical test it's not sad when you get a diagnosis, you know, it's, it's good right. because now you know what kind of treatment you can, you need. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing with the spiritual life, you can see where you are. Oh, now I know what I need to pray about. Mm-hmm. Now I know what I, what I need to pray for the parts of my life where virtue is lacking or, or vice has increased. Now, now this is something I can work on. So mm-hmm. God can pull good out of everything. Yeah. And if we're attentive to that, it'll happen with this as well and if you're in like for example like if you're in time if you're in serious sin wait i don't have easy access to confession anymore that is something that's revealing to the heart right and that's Mm -hmm. uh and i think like you know so this is that's purifying love and god like god uses the good and the bad to bring us close to him so we got the bad right now so we just got to embrace it (laughs) and say okay god i want to be brought close to you and I'm willing to be brought close to you through this. That is that ascent of the will that is so important here, I think. So I got a question for you. So what are you, do you have any kind of outside the box ways to help people in this time sacramentally or anything like that? I've got a couple ideas myself, but what are you, what have you, what are you guys doing? So we're doing the, the kind of things a lot of people are doing. We're streaming uh, masses mm-hmm. that we're doing uh, tonight. We, you know, there was going to be an event where, a praise and worship sort of thing with the Divine Mercy Chapel ex, uh, and exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. Um, you know, now we can't do that publicly, but we're still going to try to stream that. Um, 
we're trying to do more catechesis, catechesis videos and reaching out to people through daily videos on our website. Um, mm -hmm. My uh, Patrick, our youth minister, he did a, a live stream on, on Twitch uh, Bible study, mm -hmm. and it went incredibly well. He did that for two hours yesterday. It was really delightful. A lot of our, our teens actually like logged on and, and uh, did that with him. Mm -hmm. So we're doing those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on a way to do confessions right now. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like what we're thinking of right now. Yeah. What about you? So I've had this idea about confessions. You can let me know about it. Now, obviously, okay. this will not allow people to have anonymity, but mm -hmm. what if you drove up to their house, you kept the window rolled up, and then they confessed to you through the window? In the car. Wait, wait. So, are you driving to their house? Yes, I drive to their house. Uh huh. I, I mean, if I had a parking lot, I would totally Dude. use it to do that. But I don't have a parking lot, so I can't. I can't guarantee that things won't be heard. Well, the thing is, most of the places around me have a front yard. Yeah, exactly. So that that would not work so much. But like, for but us. that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. I that's why I can't do the parking lot idea. But like, I, let's say I don't know. Joe Smith wanted confession. I drive to their house. Yeah. And they can even lean up against the window or whatever, or maybe not lean up. Yeah. Don't touch it. Okay, sorry. Don't touch it, but get close. And they and you keep the window rolled up so that nothing's get, nothing, no breath stuff is traveling. <laughs> and they say their confession there. Well, yeah. If you can make that work logistically, that works. That's what but I even like have. something like just, just going to someone's place and uh, um, if they have a porch, you know, and you can be six feet away doing it there yeah or um you know they got a screen door or something mm -hmm. you can make so stuff like that work so i think so yeah there's, I mean, there's, some there's something there yeah the other idea i've kind of had i don't know if it's gonna work though because i just don't know how i can make it one of my ideas was what if i said like mass on the trunk of my car in front of different people's houses and then left the pics behind with the eucharist for them to consume after i've left that's that's i mean i think because your parish is smaller those ideas are more feasible for you. The question becomes how do you how do you do that? Who like how do you prioritize people? Cuz you don't want I don't want people gathering at their house either, right? Right. Um so I don't know if I'm if it's something I'm going to do or not, but it's it's been an idea in my head to to offer. So, you know, there's there's different um there's different ways. I definitely think once things go into further lockdown and the streets quiet down more, I want to process with the Eucharist around just a little bit just to oh, yeah. bring Christ's presence to the town. Um, and obviously, though, if someone's sick or dying, I go. Right. Absolutely. And, and I, I think every bishop has said he, they expect this of their priests. So mm -hmm. that's not um, – that's totally – that's we're not abandoning – we'll never abandon people that way, right? Yeah. Um, so those are some ideas I've had. Um, and we're opening up – what we're doing is – because our office is still open – so people can access the church during office hours. And then if they want to come after office hours, we're arranging for adoration from four to six every day, from Tuesday to Friday, and then one to three on Saturday and Sunday, and trying to find people to take an hour here and there so that we can keep the church open as a place of prayer for people. Yeah, yeah. We, it was tough for us because we, we had a perpetual adoration cha uh, chapel. Yeah. But... A lot of the people who took a lot of the hours are elderly. Yeah, exactly. And they said, you know, and the and these are very faithful people. They've been doing this for years, but they're like, we do not feel comfortable doing this right now. Yeah. Um. So, we've been able to open up one of our churches at least from seven a.m. to seven p.m. for just you know visiting the Blessed Sacrament, being there. Mm -hmm. Uh. So that's that's good. Yeah. 
so those are some ideas i mean it's again this is all all new it's all weird and so we're trying to do our best to but i think this is the other important thing to know i tweeted about this last week and i think it's important to remember okay you can't come to mass but remember the whole church is present at every mass Mm-hmm. You are mystically united to every sacrifice of the mass because Christ's body is there. And what is the church, but his body, right? The church, right. the Eucharist and Christ himself are all one body. So remember that when you want to go to mass and you can't, your priest is offering mass for you. He's offering not just for you, but for the whole church. So every priest throughout the world is offering the mass for people. It is not it is not stopping being said. Yeah. I'm saying mass every day still. I, and I plan to. So know that, know that we are praying for you and that you are united to that so that we can take this time. And I mean, in, in this time of self-isolation, use it as a time. Don't just binge TV. Okay? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> take it as an opportunity to grow in your love for scripture, reading uh, that spiritual reading book you've always wanted to do, but never did. Uh, you, to carve out that time a, for prayer. Now's a the great thing. time to get into the liturgy of the hours. Yeah, exactly. Because great liturgy of... hours is, in a sense, an extension of the mass. And the one thing that's been kind of nice is that I've been able to do the hours at the appropriate hours. Right. Because a lot of time in regular parish life, the day is going to be crazy. Yeah. Where I have no idea what the day holds, so right. I'll do like three of the. You know, I'll do morning uh, office of readings and daytime yeah. prayer all in the morning because the day is going to be crazy. But right. It's been kind of nice to, you know, pray morning prayer in the morning. Yeah, pray, exactly. You know, midday prayer at midday. And it's a way of marking um, the day with God, and and it's yeah. fr- and it's free on iBrevery. Right. Oh, download download iBrevery. You got it. Boom. Right. So that's a great thing. Because here's the thing: if you, even if if in this time you still don't want to pray, <laughs> when you have the extra time to do so, that tells you something about your heart that needs to be converted to God. So again, this is God using his time to purify you with his love. So don't feel, don't beat yourself up over that, but just notice it. Wait, I don't, I had this time to pray and I don't want to. God, what's that about? Yeah. And let him purify you. We're all in this together. We're all here to support each other in all this. Um, And we want, and we, we got a tough month ahead. Yes. I wish I could say it's all going to be okay. And, and in a way it will be, but not in the way we think it will be. By this, I mean, what is the most important thing about life? Our eternal destiny. Mm-hmm. And that's where things will be okay. When Christ comes again and he restores all things, all will be okay because all will be in union with him. Who needs to, to be in union with him? Christ, the sufferings are real. They're transformative, but Christ is really there to draw us to that union with him so that we can be with him for eternity. So draw close to him. Prepare your heart to be with him now so that you can rejoice to be with him one day in eternity where things will all be set aright. You know, we ended uh, one of our podcasts with a scripture quote, but let's just do it again. Okay. (laughs) This is from Romans 8. This is is, is the end of my homily on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? No. In all these things, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Please leave a review on iTunes. You've got plenty of time. Might as well do it. And tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. You can find me, I guess, doing Skype calls with my parishioners. Uh, You can find me back on Twitter in a couple weeks at FR Harrison. Contact the podcast and receive updates at ClericalPod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook or email us at ClericalSpeaking at gmail.com. Peace. God bless.